Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance ECOs. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. You're new to University of Adversity. Welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I appreciate you. Today's guest started her career in Hollywood and soon became a successful actress and model of TV and film fame. A lifelong competitive sports shooter and now author, businesswoman, public speaker, empire builder, and visionary, she currently hosts her own show, Women in Power, and co-hosts the G&E Show with her husband, Grant Cardone, best-selling author, entrepreneur, and real estate investor. Now, if you guys remember, I had Grant on about six weeks ago. He brought the heat, and she, Elena does not disappoint. She brings even more heat, if not better. So you guys are going to love this. You get to see the other side of such an amazing dynamic relationship. You can see why they do well. And this is the beautiful thing that I like and we talked about is that to really crush it, you need to have those, both those sides. You can do it on your own for a while, but how good is it when you have two people that are aligned with the same vision, right? And to be able to work towards that, you leave your egos at the door, you work towards your same goal. And this is a prime example of what happens when that happens. They're massively successful. They have an amazing family. They're able to handle all the social media. They're able to travel yet still be good human beings, you know, be successful in business and still just continue to shine a light on people and inspire them. So super excited for Elena, for you guys to listen to her today, because just like as she is on social media, she's the same. She's, she's got lots of energy, lots of fire, and you guys will get inspired. Anybody that I talked to before told me Elaine is awesome. Elaine is awesome. So I had to find out. And that's the truth. Elena is awesome. And I know a lot of you women out there, men too, but you're excited for this episode. So buckle up, strap in the seats. You guys are going to love this. Elena Cardone coming right up. Elena Cardone. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank <laughs> you for having me. Really excited to have you on. Like I said earlier, we had Grant on a month ago. We had an awesome conversation. And now we're saving the best for last, right? Right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Super excited to have you on. There's a lot of people who are very excited to hear about your story because, you know, a lot of times we see people where they are now. You guys are doing so well. You know, you're all over social media. You're having, you know, doing amazing things best-selling author, podcast host, you know, doing amazing things in business. But what I really love to show is maybe go back a little bit and tell us about your story a little bit, where you came from, and maybe paint a picture for us kind of how you got to where you are today. Oh, man. Yeah. It was an, it was an evolution. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and, you know, I had, you know, a, de- a very good childhood. I mean, I didn't have ma- too many major things. You know, back in the day, the parents were a little more physical with the kids, but, you know, nothing horrible, nothing out of line. I just, I was reared really well. I was a happy child. And then at around, how old was I? 13? 13, I think. Yeah. 13 or maybe 14. My father woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Goldie's house is on fire. She was my best friend. And so I was kind of like, oh, still sleeping. And then he said, and Goldie and her mom are still in the house. And so I ran across the street and we were trying to put buckets of water and hoses and nothing was working. And finally the firemen came and 
Unfortunately, her and her mother perished that day. And even more unfortunately is I saw or witnessed when they recovered the bodies. I, I had to see that at 14, my friend Goldie. And that just, I just wasn't equipped with how to handle that trauma. Mm -hmm. So I kind of turned to the world of drugs and excessive alcohol to escape that reality. And, and I feel like I went down a really wrong path of not caring, not wanting to live, breaking on the rule, being rebellious. I wasted many, many, many years dabbling in that world. You know, a lot of things happen to you when you are in that world because there's, there's so many accidents and other things happen. A number of other friends perished in car accidents, overdoses, falling off balconies because they were so drunk. And, wow. you know, like when you're 17 years old and nine of your friends have died, I finally had a wake up call at 17 and I decided, especially because every day I walked out of my house and would have to see Goldie's house, the shell of her house that remained. And, you know, I just, I could not get away from it. So at 17 years old, after experiencing that, I decided to go out to Los Angeles and try to become an actress, a model. I went out there and I wanted to clean up. I wanted to clean up my life a little bit. So I went to Los Angeles. I tried to become this independent, powerful, strong woman. I worked on and off for a number of years. I was very successful, then not successful, successful, not successful. But all the while I was trying to be this independent, powerful woman, not letting a man in, not letting anybody in. It had to be all me, myself. And then I met Grant, I married him, and it wasn't until, and I still had that, that viewpoint. So for the first four or five years of our relationship, I was still this independent woman, not joined together as a teammate or operating in that manner. But when 2008, the crisis happened, I was pregnant with our first child. We were forced to confront the situation. And so it was at that point when I realized that, you know, men aren't having this conversation about being these independent men they just kind of are, and they're willing to use anyone and anything, not in a bad way that, you know, people mishear that word use, yeah. but they're not having that conversation. So it was at that point I realized, you know, I'm, I'm basically trying to be this independent woman for all the women around the world who I don't even know. And I don't even know if they care that I'm living my life this way, but I had to put all those voices aside and I decided to have my first entrepreneurial moment and back up my man and support him, float all of my assets behind him and how we could build and recreate this life for ourselves because it was decimated. So I kind of had to swallow that pill of, you know, maybe I do need to depend on others to get to a higher level. And he depended on me. I depended on him. And it was at that time where the switch got flipped and we both then went into high gear and really catapulted into the stratosphere of when we actually 100% supported each other with the common mission of where are we going and what are we doing and how do we operate to lift each other up rather than trying to be on our own, protecting ourselves, even from each other. We were kind of battling each other rather than joining forces and figuring out how to like move each other up. So cut to now, 
10 years later, you know, trading in my career in order to trade up paid off. Grant is an amazing partner. And we've now you see what you see on social media. There was no social media back there when we went through sacrifice phase, when we couldn't give to our charities, when we didn't go on any vacations for 10 years, when we didn't go out to dinners, when if we had a party at our house, it was potluck, bring your own food. You know, it was just sacrifice. We didn't care how we looked or if we looked cheap or or whatever. It was just we were in survival mode, but it paid off. And now we're doing really well and we have statistics that back us and we've learned, you know, I've learned a lot on how to quantify this relationship aspect behind what it took to get there. And Grant has all the financial entrepreneurial expertise. So now we're at a new level where we even work even better together because now we both have something to bring to the table and offer people. We made a decision 10 years ago if we ever were to make it out and live this life that we're living today, that we wouldn't close the curtains, that we would continue to be transparent to help all the people that came from similar backgrounds. And like, not nothing, because I've seen nothing, you know, Bangladesh, <laughs> the yeah. slums of Bangladesh. I didn't come from nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm from America. I had a floor, a roof, and food. Mm. But for the sake of saying nothing, I came from nothing to something, you know? And, and so that's my life story. That's where we are now. Yeah, you guys have an amazing dynamic partnership. Like for what we can see on social media and everything, it's, I can really appreciate that, how you've been able to come together and you have your own identities, yet you still serve that same purpose. Yeah. And it's inspiring. But at the same time, it's challenging to find somebody that can kind of, you can kind of, you know, lock arms with and, be partners like that because everybody has their egos. They want to do this. They want to do that. And it's hard to kind of come together to have that one vision. I think a lot of people struggle with that. It is. It is hard. It is difficult. You know, I, I didn't do it for the first four or five years of our relationship. I wasn't operating like this. I was, you know, I've never been the person because I was always an independent working as an actress since I was 17. So I always felt like guys held me back. I kind of have a guy mentality on that. So I never wanted to be in a relationship. I never wanted to be married. I always, I always thought they're going to hold me back in life. And, and so I always understood that I've never told Grant not to work, but, but when we were first married, his recreational time. I wanted his recreational time, but he wanted to give his recreational time to his brother and play Xbox. I wanted to like murder him. I was like, I think I just made the biggest mistake of my life. I was used to being this gun toting because I I shot shotguns at the time. I was ranked 10 in California. I was just used to being in a man's world. I wasn't used to like a guy kind of picking his brother over me. That was new to me. But it was, it was at that time when I had to realize, look, either you're going to get a divorce because that didn't work for me because I was looking or I could look on what I could take the responsibility for. And what I took responsibility for at that time was that I was looking to him to fulfill me. That's not fair to do to anyone because even if he would have given me the time, it wouldn't have been enough because I had given up my gun and the guys. I mean, I wasn't dating the guys, but I just thought it was inappropriate to be on a squad with guys where I'm traveling to Vegas and this and that and shooting in competitions. And, you know, when I'm trying to have a new family with a guy, you know, but I had given that up. And then I expected him to give me all of the things that I had given up. So I had to look at 
well, how do I fulfill myself in a non-FU way, but in a way to where I fulfill myself and then can give back to the relationship and also become an asset? So these things take time to figure out and people have to evolve and it, you know it takes it takes really being honest and real with yourself and then you know when we figured out who does what in the relationship we had to figure out who has what strengths and what weaknesses because i i wanted i was a boss of me i mean i didn't get very yeah. far but i was the boss i'm i'm the chick i was this independent woman who was never going to let a guy tell me what to do or control me or anything like that but when it came to figuring out who does what in the relationship so we would stop fighting and get on the same team, I had to take that honesty pill again mm -hmm. and say, you know what, he's way better at business. He knows all of that. So he's going to make the business financial decisions because I had no track record and it wasn't good yeah. from what I had had, you know? And then I'm going to do all of this and this and this because he, he's not so great in those areas. Right. And sometimes that is a, a hard pill to, to take and, and to figure out and get on the same page. It's not like we just were magical together. It's a created relationship. That's yeah. the thing. It's not a fairy tale. It's not like there's this perfect person out there. You kind of make yourself as perfect as you can be and kind of, you know, where I'm at right now in my relationship with Grant is if he's not giving me what I want, I try to take it upon myself and make it a game of, well, how can I get him to give me what I want in a behind the scenes kind of magical yeah. way? Yeah. Which is interesting. It gives me a game and a challenge without, you know, trying to go and yell at him and make him wrong. And which is my first instinct. Yeah. By the way. yeah no, but it's not sure. easy. My point is it's yeah. not easy. And it's, it's an, it's a constant evolution and yeah. it's a constant create and, and never just gets on this, place where you figure each other out and then it's perfect and then you just get to go on easy street yeah no the fact that you have that self-awareness though most people don't have that the fact yeah. that all those things that are you understand you know where you're at where you were where you've come from what's going on and you've been able to you know look at the situation a lot of people don't have the self-awareness like that you yeah know, to be able yeah. to understand where they are right? And yeah. that's the challenge. So what I want to do, I want to circle back for a second to, okay, so you were in that, you were a tough time, partying, drugs, all that, Hollywood. I know I've been through a lot of that myself as well. Hollywood was the cleanup phase. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But what were some of the things, like, what was the, what was the turning point for you that allowed you to get out of that? You know, like where were you, you know, what was the point where did you start to do did you start to go within some deep inner work? Like, I really, I, I would love to hear like how you sort of made that shift. Cause did you hit a rock bottom no. or did you, did something happen or did it just, how did, how did that work? There was like a different cycles in my life. You know, the, the first one being when I was 17 and I decided to move to Los Angeles at 17 and didn't know anyone. It was, I, I knew I had a decision to make. I knew I had a decision to, to make, which was either succumb and stay there and, or stop wallowing in my self-pity and stop being a victim and see if, you know, I made a decision to live right. because before then I, I didn't care. That's why I was so reckless. I was, I was angry at life that my friend could have got taken away from me in such a vile manner. And it made me guilty that I was alive. And, she, you know, I just went through weird yeah. stuff, you know? 
and I just made a decision. I had this epiphany one day. It came from a dream, actually. And I had this epiphany one day that if my friend was alive, she would want me happy. She right. wouldn't want me being miserable and messing up my life. And me doing that was like an F you to her. So I made a decision that if I was actually going to honor our friendship, I needed to go make something of myself and be happy and, and, and live my life. So that was decision number one. Then when I was in Los Angeles and I had tamed down the drugs a lot, it was just recreational, but I went to this acting school and a lot of the people there that were stable with good careers and they were in good relationships, they were all Scientologists. And I was like terrified of that world. I thought, you know, the people that I hung out with, we all called them cult members. <laughs> I feel so bad. I called them cult members. I thought, you know, if I went in once, they were gonna track me and hound me for life. I had heard these horrible stories. But the people that I knew that were actually Scientologists were all like really cool. They were all really cool with me. They were different people and they were stable. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get my life like that. So I went in there, I laid down all the rules. I was like, I'm only here. You can't have my number. You can't have my address, da, 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 da. And I'm out the second this doesn't work for me and I don't want anyone calling me. And they're like, okay, do you, do, you know, they made jokes. They were like, and do you want to see like the, the, the children that we have chained in the basement? You know, cause I came up yeah. with the wildest stories, but they had something called the purification program, which was a detox that got the drugs out of the fatty tissues that are stored in your body. And so I went through this and the, from the moment I finished that in 2000, it was like a three week kind of program that you went through every day. And after the three weeks, I had never craved drugs again in my entire life. Never not been without drugs since the day I started my 13th birthday. And from then I haven't done a drug since. I haven't had the, the mental want or the physical desire. So I don't know what it was about that, but it worked for me. And I even gave birth to two children naturally because I didn't want to ingest any drug. And plus I wanted to experience what that was like Yeah, as a purely kind of spiritual thing. And that was incredible. So wow. the, that was some of the turning points. Then they had these number of other courses, competent, competency, overcoming ups and downs in life, personal efficiency, finance courses, formulas for living, financial prosperity, all these courses that me as a Catholic, and I'm still Catholic, I've never been kick, kicked out of Catholicism, they still have me. So I'm still Catholic, but I practice Scientology. But Catholicism didn't offer these courses that I started to take. I was a very bad student. The only thing that got me through school was my ability to memorize. So I would memorize everything for the test and I would pass with A's and B's, but I didn't actually know how to apply what I learned. And, you know, as a script reader, when I had to study acting stuff, I'd have to go over it and I'd have all this mental anxiety and there'd be table reads and I couldn't read out loud without stuttering and missing up the words. And so I found out that Scientology offered this course called um, the basic study manual and learning how to learn and study how to study i had not, no one educated me on how to study and that there are barriers to study and once i had been through those courses i can pick up anything in front of anyone and read anything perfectly now it's like oh. incredible so i just had 
big wins and I just kept going until, you know, now, which <laughs> hasn't not stopped working. Wow. It's, it's fascinating. And Catholicism didn't have that. Right. You know, so, you know, you know, my mom was concerned yeah. when I started these courses because at the time when I started this purification, I was with this guy, I won't mention any names, was the boyfriend <laughs> I was with, we were living together and he was really upset because six months after the purif, I'm not drinking and I'm not doing drugs anymore. And I didn't tell him not to, I didn't care. Like I was still like free-minded and I was like, but I didn't want him to try to stop me from doing what I wanted with my life, but he didn't like that. He lost his party girl. He was really upset. He was like calling me boring. He was just like trying to poke my buttons. You know, it was a very fragile time for me. It was in my late twenties. I had never been without drugs or alcohol. I'm trying to figure out how to exist in the world and how to find my courage and how to be extroverted without the crutch of a drug. So it was a very fragile time for me. I, I certainly wasn't telling anyone I was a Scientologist. Yeah. And yet he called my parents, my agents, my managers, wow. <laughs> called my friends in New Orleans, called everyone that I knew and told them that I had joined a cult. So my mom and dad, as you can imagine, were really freaked out. And I just told my mom the truth. I was like, look, this guy is really upset because I'm not doing X and drinking with him every single weekend. And yeah. he's upset about it. And I was like, you're either going to listen to him or me. And you didn't even know I did anything different in the last six months, except I happen to book 10 jobs and I'm doing really well right now. And I'm on a show and, you know, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then my mom went to you know, she's a diehard Catholic and yeah. she went to the priest and told the priest oh, that her man. daughter was now a Scientologist and what he was above a priest. He's a, like, um, not a bishop, but anyway. And he said, oh, you don't have to worry about that religion. It's fine. And ever since then, I've had the blessing. Wow. Fascinating. That's so many people probably had no idea about that. I love hearing that story because people have, people have such judgments, right? About things and right. they don't, they don't allow, they don't, and, and when they hear it from that angle, it's, it opens up a lot of eyes because, you know, you hear, you have these misconceptions about things. You're a word or, and you make these judgments. And also I, what I can really relate with you as well is when you get out of that drinking and, and party world, you're, you're creating that new identity and you're like, well, who am I now? I'm not, I'm not that person that's that, you know, that like go out and do stupid things all the time. And when you're that person for so long, I know, cause I was in the nightclubs, I was bartending for years. Then when you take that away, it's like, wait a minute, who, who, who do I become now? That's right. Who it, can I connect with? And trying to figure out everything that I went through has gotten me to the point where I am now, because I've now been able to figure out how do I break the rules and bend the rules and, and be rebellious and use all of that stuff that I needed before, but how do I find that in myself, but for good, not to where I'm going to hurt other people or, you know, for the sake of a laugh or the sake of an adrenaline high or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. How do I, how do I actually, that was, that became the challenge and the new addiction. And, and, and so yeah, it's, it's now I've been since December 31st, 1999 was the last time I've done a drug. And now I have almost 20 years of being me like, mm -hmm. so 
So now it's not difficult anymore, but, but it, at that time it really was. Right. So you talked about actually somebody wanted me to, I have to ask you this specific thing. They, they, they asked me to, to cause we're kind of in that, that area about manifesting, about having you, you talked about your perfect partner, about the things that you want to do. And I, I know a lot of people want to know this. How long did that happen when you started that before you met Grant and how that sort of fell into place? Well, okay. The story behind that was I had, you know, and I don't, I don't love, I do now. I do now yeah. love doing girly things now. But back then I, I loathed doing girly things yeah. like, oh my God, it used to stress me out so bad. But I got invited to this girl's night and they, they wanted to light candles and like write down the, every list of the, and drink wine and, and write yeah. down all the list of everything you wanted in a man. And they, we put it in this copper wire thing and we wore it around <laughs> our neck, necks and, and they said, be very specific. And I was rolling my eyes the entire time, but trying to be a good sport and like be a girl and like get it, like it. And, but the magical thing that happened to me that night was as I wrote the list, I, I wrote so tiny because it had to fit in the little necklace yeah. that ended up turning my neck green. The thing that happened to me was be, before that moment, I never wanted to be married. And I know this is going to sound horrible, but I just could never imagine that I could be with one guy for the rest of my life like yeah. how boring like I yeah. need action yes. I don't like sitting still I don't like boring people and I wrote this list and I thought to myself well if this guy existed I could be with that guy for the rest of my life but that guy's probably not real yeah. And the other thing that happened to me was I thought, okay, well, if this guy did exist and this guy wrote a list of his perfect woman, what would be on that list? And so I turned around and started writing everything that he wanted on the list. And it was a huge eye opener for me because that's when I realized I was never going to find this guy because I was never going to show up in his life because because what guy would want to be with a girl that never wanted to settle down and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had, I had to write like once marriage and children. Cause that's the kind of guy I would want, not a player, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could do that on my own. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, how do I get to myself? How do I get to, you know, doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink alcohol, like fun. Like, so I had to then work on myself and I started working on myself immediately. Cause I was like, I'm never going to show up in this guy's world. And right after I wrote the list, probably within a month, I met Grant, but I still hadn't done enough work on myself to where he didn't show up because I made one mistake out of over a hundred items that I wrote on the list, the first two things. And the only two things that Grant is not was the first two things that I wrote on the list, which was six, two and green eyes. So I never even saw him because I thought six, two and green eyes. I, I cut myself out. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I only put six, two, because again, I'm tall and other guys that I had dated in the past were like, do you have to wear your heels? And they made me feel big as a woman. I want to feel dainty. I want to feel little. I don't want to like my man, like, I don't want to be like, you know, I want like a guy that makes me feel dainty. Of course. You know I'm yeah, of course. It wasn't even my consideration. Like, it's not even important to me. Like, Grant is shorter than me, but I don't even think of that because he's such a ginormous being and he's never made me feel 
tried to hold me, like make me smaller. Mm. You know what I mean? So it doesn't even occur to that. People say, wow, I didn't know Grant was short. And, and like when they say it, it like rattles me because I, I forget until someone reminds me. Right. No, I, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because it's so important because so many people are trying to find that person to fill the void that they don't have. Like they're trying to seek, yet they're not willing to do the work on themselves. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and that's why I, I love talking about this because, you know, it's important to really understand that you, searching for that person is never going to give you the thing, you know? It's like, or whatever it is that it's got to, it's got to come within. You got to, you got to love yourself and you got to, as cheesy as that sounds, that's so true. Right. And, and that's why I think manifesting and I've gotten into this a lot more. That's why I wanted to dive in, you know, like really honing in on what it is you want in life instead of just thinking about it, getting it down on paper, you know, and not just for a partner, but other like goals in life, but people, but some people find it so hard when you really try and go, all right, I want this. I'm going to put this on paper. It becomes a challenge, a lot harder than just thinking about it, right? So how important is it that people start to do that for building their goals and their dreams? It's really important because it goes back to what you said earlier about the awareness. Yeah. Awareness. You have to raise your awareness. You have to learn how to observe and be aware. And so that is one tool to help you start being aware is like, well, what is it that I even want? And how do I get that? And how do I make myself better to to receive that? So you have to get clear. If you don't have a target, you know, you can aim blindly or just start shooting and hope for the best, but really figure out what it is that you want and start thinking honestly, well, what am I doing to get that? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, like a roadmap, because it's crazy. If you don't have an idea of where you're going, how are you going to get there? It's like, it's, it's the old days when you didn't have a map, how, where, like, you know what I mean? Or even GPS, you can't get to a city if you don't know where you're going. Right. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So, I mean, I'm very strategic with everything that I do now, even more so than ever before. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So now, you know, you guys are in the social media light a lot, right? You share a lot of things. It's very, you're very transparent and I can really appreciate that. But does it ever get challenging feeling like you're on all the time? Because even myself, I don't do nearly as much content as you guys do at times. And it's like, and it's, does it, how does that feel for you? Have you gotten better at kind of that style, that lifestyle, or does that become its own challenge on certain days? Um, Yeah, certain days it is a challenge because you don't feel like doing something or, you know, it takes a lot of energy sometimes from morning till night, day after day after day to be in front of people and then people come to you and, and to have that constant high energy. And it, it is challenging sometimes, but go back to being connected to my purpose. Right. And my purpose is that I want to connect and I want 7 billion people to know who we are and I want to help people. And that is my game. That's my game. So in those times, it's not how you feel. You know, it doesn't, it, I, I ignore my feelings a lot. I feel, I feel. Yeah. People <laughs> rely too much on their feelings to dictate what they're going to do in their life rather than using discipline or going for the main goal or the big purpose and suffering through it sometimes. Sometimes what right. I do, I love. And, and ultimately when I, in the end, I'm energized by people. I'm energized 
even more so in, in the aftermath. And, and I really only get tired or don't want to do it when I feel like I have a failed purpose or, or I'm not doing enough. If I'm not doing enough, it makes me tired. When I stop is when I get tired. So, you know, it's, I just do it anyway because my purpose is so big. I'm so connected to my, my purpose in life and what I'm living for and the legacy that I want to leave and the difference in people's lives that I want to make. And it's so absurd to think that little old me from New Orleans can do that. But I hang on to that idea that maybe I really can. And right. then I don't care how I feel. I look at, well, do I have a product to exchange with someone else? And maybe, just maybe, can I just make a difference in one person's life and help change the trajectory of their life? And that gets me going every time. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Is there certain things that you do to get in, in the morning to prime up? Like, what are, what are some things that are non-negotiables for you? You know, I train when I'm in Miami. I train every you're single. You're a boxer, right? I've seen you boxing. I don't. I don't know what I am. I, I don't <laughs> even awesome. know. But I feel so ridiculous every day. He wants me to shadow box. I'm a year and a half into this. Thing. Awesome. He'll feel ridiculous. He's like natural, you know, natural. I'm like, no, you don't understand <laughs> nothing about this is natural. <laughs> but I love it, and it's and it helps my mind and my confidence and you know, being able to make my body get more coordinated and get stronger and actually taking control of something that is not natural. And I work on it. Then I go, wow, I can bend the universe to my will. I can, if I can do this with my, my physical body, what can I do in the physical? What else can I do? You know, can I, I can do things that I didn't think I could do. It raises competency and, and it makes me feel proud. And then when I walk in front of 12,000 people and have to deliver a speech, yes, I still get nervous, but I still get nervous to spar with a guy who can give me a black eye. Yeah. You know? Like, but I do it anyway because I have more confidence. I'm like, okay, well, speaking to 12,000 people, no one's hitting me back. It's gotta be easier than sparring every day. Right. You know, it's just, I love it. So that's a non-negotiable to me. And it's, it's something that shuts my brain off too. Like yeah, I can't think about a mind, That mindful activity is really good to be able to just focus for a bit on focus. And I don't have like, you know, all the windows like in your computer that are all open in my mind going, yeah. you know, yeah. it's crazy because we're always, you know, there's always screens, there's always stuff going on. And it's so nice to actually do a real physical activity or something that it's just your, you're just honed in on it. I you know, know. it is my time. Yeah. Do you I do mean, any, do you do any breath work, meditation, anything like that? I don't do meditation. Nope. That is not my thing. I understand nope. that helps people. Yeah. Fair and enough. I will not knock anything that helps people, but that is not my thing. Not your thing. No, but someone was going to teach me how to breathe some by some guy they told me this morning i was like yeah yeah okay teach yeah. Me. I like that you know i could be down for that of course that's the beautiful thing is like everybody's got their journeys and their their things yeah. they do and what they don't not every not everything works for everybody no we're not right? cookie cutter yeah, yeah no for sure so as far as what you've seen and people that you talk to you know who you coach or who you come across what do you think is the main reason why people in business may fail or not like what is the thing is it mindset is it work ethic is it like what 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 do you what do you see as being common well, thing you have to have the correct knowledge 
You know, they say knowledge is power. Well, what if you have the wrong knowledge? True. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of people who aren't interested in investing in themselves to either go to the 10X Growth Con or be around people that have the statistics, not just the self-proclaimed experts, but the real statistics and study people or courses or read books or some people just want easy street. You know, they don't, they don't learn how to sell or learn how to market or do it anyway. I don't like social media. Well, who cares? It's not for you. You're doing it for them. You're doing it for the reach, the people you're doing it. You know, it's not, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. It's like Grant says, it's best known product wins, not best product. Look, this BCAA that I drink, I guarantee you is better than Coca-Cola. Who do you think makes more money and sells more drinks a day? Because everyone knows Coca-Cola. So my point is, is I think a lot of people don't educate themselves enough and go into it blindly and don't want to do the work. That's a big part of it. And then mindset certainly is a big part of it. Mm. And, you know, like, like for instance, I'll take business out of it and turn it into relationships. Like when I had the mindset that all relationships hold me back, I actually picked relationships to where I would make myself write about that statement. And they all held me back. Until one day I went, well, what if there was a guy that could actually lift me up? Like if I could only hit here in my life and that was the highest I could go, but being with a guy, could the right guy could actually bring me from here to here. Like I'm interested in that person. I'm interested in heightened success. And at the time it seemed impossible. I didn't believe it, but I said, Elena, just be open to the possibility that that could be true. And then that's where you know, I am today with Grant and heightened success and on both sides. So it's the same thing in business. I don't know what the considerations would be in the business, but if you had a consideration that it's difficult or customers are bad or not reliable or whatever the things that you tell yourself is the things that you're going to attract to make yourself right about that. That if you just opened your mind that, oh no, this could actually benefit me or you know yeah yeah make it about them instead of about themselves and their feelings it's like well what do you it's for them like this is for this is for the service that you're giving to people so many people get caught up in in their own their own self their own feelings that i'm like you said i'm tired or whatever and they don't want to show up but if you don't show up then other people suffer because they're not getting your gift and 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 grant has a, a thing he says the number one rule to success is always hey. show up. Hey! How's, How's it going, man? Good, brother, good. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I just flipped yeah. in the bird. Yeah. If you want to know what transparency oh, I is. Thought he was, I thought he was going to join us. <laughs> no, he walked out. He's like, where's yeah. my first coming? And I flipped them all. That's I was awesome. like, get out of here. That's awesome. Well, Elena, I, I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out and, and chatting, you know, because you got such a valuable piece of your guys's puzzle that everybody can see and watch. And I just, I love hearing both sides and just, and just seeing what you guys can create. And it's inspiring. You have such a beautiful family. We do. The way you've been able to create that and the way, you know, you know, even living such a, that lifestyle that you live and being able to keep things tight and, and it's just, it's awesome to see. So 
you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely don't want to paint the picture that we are perfect because mm-hmm. I always say in the beginning of every G&E show, we're not perfect, but we're figuring it out. It continues every day. We have our own challenges that we don't discuss until we've gotten through it. And then we'll open it up and discuss things usually on G&E show. But it's not always perfect. It is hard. We deal with a lot. A lot of things come at us. We're both very strong-minded people. We're constantly having to figure out how to work with each other. And, you know, so it's not always easy. But the rewards, the rewards are so massive and so big. And there is so much love and so much trust between us that, that it's, it's, it's catapulted us into the relationship that we do have. But it's not always fairy tales. I live legitimately yeah. flipped them off for real. It was like this. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the thing is it's not always and and that's where you guys are transparent and it, it's True. you got to I mean it's it's funny cuz we're there's never a perfect relationship like we're no. all going to be like swear no. at each other and and that's okay because <laughs> that is okay that right? is okay as long as you know we Grant and I yeah. have this 95-5 rule yeah. as long as we're good 95% of the time we can deal with the 5%. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Where can we find you? What, what exciting things can we, can everybody go and check you out for right now? Come on, you got dolls. So I do a free networking for 10X ladies. Perfect. And it's Wednesday night, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can sign up and register at 10xladies.com forward slash network. And so I've built this over 2,500, I don't know, maybe we're to 3,000, whatever. In a very short amount of time, this global network of 10X women from around the world where we can actually use each other, help each other, and blah, 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 blah. Sign up for that. I have the 10X Ladies Seminar coming up in February on the back end of 10X Growth Con. If you want a ticket to that, amazing women are going to be on the panel. Go to 10xladies.com. I've got GrowthCon. If you want to just come to GrowthCon, go to 10xgrowthcon.com. If you want my book, it's free. Go to elenacardone.com forward slash empire. It's free. It makes great Christmas gifts, Hanukkah gifts, Kwanzaa gifts. Did I leave anyone out? (laughs) Um, And then what else? That's it, right? That's a lot, right? That's good. I could go on. I have That's built exciting. an empire online course. You can go to elenacardone.com forward slash pre-order to get my online course. If you want to go through the whole online course, yeah. on how to build an empire, how to have it all. That's just a little. Well, it's, it's great because hearing that, you know, people listening, you know, they probably, they may not know. So it's good that you said that. I try and get everybody to say as much as you can so that, because you never know what somebody listening needs or doesn't know of. I have a show that I do called Women in Power. It's a podcast. I interview women in power from all over the world and every place that I've been. So Women in Power, if they want to do that, that's on iTunes. You just go to iTunes forward slash Elena Cardone. And then I do the G&E show with Grant Cardone. Busy, busy. I mean, yeah, we don't stop around here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, again, thank you very much. There's one last question I always end. This is the one staple question I have. I leave the easy one for last. Oh, good. <laughs> easy. I like that. What is, okay, out of all the challenges, adversities that you've gone through in your life, what is one lesson? I know we probably discussed it, but what is one lesson that adversity itself has taught you? It's taught me to become the best friend to myself. And I only recently learned this a few years ago. 
It's, I, I had a realization that I'm actually a very good friend to other people, but what I would do to myself, I would never do to my friends. And then I learned how to become a friend to myself, which means I will hold myself accountable. I will figure out how to not make the mistake again, but I'm done beating myself up. I'm done with invalidation. And I just, when I recognize that, I just knock, I try to knock it off because it serves no purpose to, I, to be so brutal on yourself. And, and I think that's just the biggest thing. Just forgive yourself, move on, love yourself. It's, it, I don't know why that was so hard for me to do because mm. clearly I'm an awesome person. <laughs> but, but no, I, that was the big game changer for me. Awesome. Well said. You, some people take a little while to think of that last one. You're like, boom, I got it. You, you had it right away. Because, because it's easy. It yeah. recently hit me and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm done with that game. That game's old. I played it for 40 years. I'm done. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going forward with that one anymore. You know, I don't, need, I don't need to be an enemy to myself. I got, I got too many now. Yeah. I got too many enemies I'm trying to fight. I'm yeah. going to be on Cause now you're getting so, you're getting so popular, right? Like Grant says, if nobody hates you, nobody knows who you are, right? That's right. I'm team Elena now. Let's go. Awesome. Oh, Elena, thanks so much. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, it was an absolute honor. Elena Cardone, everybody. Woo! Thanks everybody. As always, you know what I like to do? I want you guys to share this. I want you to rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't, share it with a friend. Screenshot the episode. Tag me and Elena. Share it on your Instagram. It means a lot. It's awesome. The more we share it, the more people the message gets out. There is so much value in this conversation, you guys, and we really want you to share it. Hit up Elena. Say you heard her on the show. She'll love that. Well, I hope she does. And all the stuff that you need to find Elena is in the show notes. Again, guys, I appreciate you. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.